Welcome to Grace Online Worship. Today we are celebrating with this service the first Sunday in Lent. Lent is a period of six weeks leading up to Easter when we have a chance to kind of follow in the footsteps of Jesus when he went out into the wilderness for 40 days seeking God and seeking God's will for his life. And we have a chance to look at our own wilderness to see those areas in our life that cause us the greatest struggle and to see how we still need to grow in our commitment to Jesus Christ. So I invite you now to join in the call to worship. God of storm and rainbow. God, God of, of rain and sunshine. God of all creation. We worship and honor you. We, we gaze and wonder at the beauty of your creation and marvel at stormy skies transformed with the vibrant colors of a rainbow. We praise you for this everlasting sign of your love and care. Please join in singing God of the Sparrow, God of the Whale.
Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I was trying to remember the last time I saw a rainbow. Maybe you saw one then too. It was in the middle of the summer. A very intense thunderstorm had passed through. The storm warning sirens had gone off. Well, luckily for Genesee, there was no tornado, no funnel cloud that touched down. But there was plenty of wind and rain. When the storm ended, the sun started shining, even though it was still sprinkling a little bit, right before sunset. And you probably know what that means. If the sun's at the right angle, someone in the area is getting to see a rainbow. And sure enough, we stepped outside and there was a double rainbow over Geneseo. So we drove down to the church and this is what we saw, a rainbow right over the church. The stories we read in the book of Genesis are the stories of God showing us who God is and who we are and the relationship that emerges between us and God. You may recall from the beginning, from Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, that all was chaos. It says in Genesis chapter 1, the earth was unformed and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the water. In the eyes of Palestinian shepherds who were used to rocks and sand, these nomads who first passed down the stories of creation they thought water was terrifying. Okay, not all water. It was life-giving in small amounts when these Hebrew tribes would come to an, an oasis or freshwater spring to quench their thirst. Then water was life-giving. But the sea, to these land lovers, the sea was the unknown, the mysterious. It was chaos. The stories were passed down about a great flood and about a man named Noah who survived the flood along with his family and all the animals that he could get up and gather in the ark. The flood had returned the earth to chaos. It was seen as God's way of wiping the slate clean and starting over when God was not pleased with what God had created. The creation that God had put into motion with God's word was a fail, according to God. So God put it all back, back to chaos. But after the flood, God once again brought order out of chaos and once again gave humans the opportunity to care for the earth. God gave his blessing to all of creation to be fruitful and multiply. 
Then the storytellers proclaim these words from God found in Genesis chapter 9. God said to Noah and his sons with him, I am now setting up my covenant with you, with your descendants, with every living being with you, with the birds, with the large animals, and with all the animals of the earth, leaving the ark with you. I will set up my covenant with you so that never again will all life be cut off by floodwaters. There will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. I have placed my bow in the clouds. It will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember the covenant between me and you and among all the creatures on earth. God's promise is to never again return his creation to chaos. The poets and storytellers say that God placed the rainbow in the sky to remind God that God is here to love us and defend us from chaos. God emerges as the protector of all life rather than the destroyer. Even though it's clear that humans are still prone to sin, even Noah was prone to sin, even though humans are likely to fall into selfish and self-destructive patterns, God promises not to destroy us, not to return creation to chaos again. There is another way to redeem and restore humanity and all of creation. There is another way to overcome evil and chaos. The way is found in Jesus. I came across this story of a woman who had gone to Florida from Canada to visit with her mother and get out of the cold weather. Unfortunately for her, it rained the whole time that she was with her mom down in Florida. She went to the airport and the sky looked terrible, just more rain. But the flight was cleared for takeoff. She was, she was worried to be flying in such terrible weather. As one would expect, it was a very bumpy start to the flight, but the airplane broke through the clouds into bright sunshine. Looking down upon the snowy clouds below, she said, I was amazed to see a rainbow in a complete circle. And right in the center of the circle was the shadow of our plane. I watched God's beautiful rainbow of promise for several minutes until it disappeared from view. She forgot all about her worry concerning safety of the flight. She had all the assurance she needed that everything was going to be all right. Once in Hawaii, a woman saw 15 rainbows in one week. She said to her daughter as they left, don't you wish we could see just one more? Her 17-year-old daughter responded, hello, aren't you being a, a bit greedy, mom? 
don't you think 15 are enough? I think I understand the mom's desire to see one more. There's something in us that yearns for something more, more security, more comfort, more pleasure that sometimes is expressed in our desire for more things, more electronics, more clothes, more shoes, more equipment for our hobbies, more gear. We also may yearn for more attention, more assurance that we are good, that our lives matter. We, we yearn for more, more assurance that we are loved. We also yearn for what is holy, to have more of God, to just know that God is real, that God is here, that God loves us, and God is moving our creation away from chaos and towards something better, something we can count on. So we yearn for more. There's also something in us that yearns for certainty. We want the assurance that what we do and what we believe is the real deal, that the path that we're on is the right one, and at the end of our journey, we will find our pot of gold. If we could see just one more rainbow, how many rainbows are enough for you? I don't think I've met my quota yet. Just, just one more rainbow, just one more sign. That's what the scribes and Pharisees asked of Jesus. Just, just show us a sign to give, to give them some certainty, some certainty about who you are, Jesus. The scribes and Pharisees wanted to show everyone that Jesus was a fake. So when they asked for a sign, they didn't expect to get one or really want one. They just wanted to show that Jesus was a con artist or worse. Well, Jesus saw through them, saw through what they were doing and thinking, and he told them, no sign shall be given except the sign of Jonah. And they didn't understand what he was talking about. The sign of Jonah is this. It's that all the people of Nineveh, the most despicable sinners, changed. They repented. They changed their hearts and lives, and they were redeemed by God. That's the sign of Jonah. That's the sign that Jesus gives. People's lives changed. People redeemed. Now John the Baptist sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one? Or should we be looking for someone else? After John the Baptist was arrested, thrown in jail, of course, he was discouraged and had some doubts. And all he wanted from Jesus was a sign. 
some assurance that the life that John chose, the work that John did was not in vain, and that what he proclaimed, what John proclaimed about Jesus was real, was true. John really did want a sign. He needed a sign. And Jesus says to John's disciples, go report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind have received their sight. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. John and his disciples needed some encouragement, some assurance, so Jesus passed on the good news that the kingdom of God is breaking in, is being fulfilled right before their eyes, evil and chaos defeated, the poor finally getting some good news, and people's lives forever changed, all because of Jesus. Jesus gave John the sign he needed. Now, today is the first Sunday of Lent. Lent is supposed to be a season of self-reflection, of confession and preparation for experiencing once again the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in which we, too, die of our sin and brokenness and receive the new life that is ours through Jesus. Many have commented that we've been stuck in Lent for this whole year during the pandemic. Enough self-reflection, enough focus on what's wrong. We are more than ready for Easter than ever, for new life, for the new that God has in store for us. Amen to that. Now, although our surroundings are certainly better than what John the Baptist put up with when he was thrown into jail, we look around us and we question, is Jesus the one or should we be looking for someone else? Is, is Jesus real? Is Jesus the one who really shows us who God is and whatever we face in life and death, is Jesus ultimately going to be victorious? As we confront our greatest fears, the disintegration of our democracy, the division of our church, and our own finality, we yearn for assurance that somehow, somehow it's all going to be all right. Oh God, please give us a sign. Well, here's the good news. Good news for the poor and for the poor in spirit. Jesus reveals to us that we are God's beloved children, that our sins are forgiven. Everyone is welcome. Everyone belongs. Jesus is healing what's broken in you and broken in our world. Jesus is the way to find rest for the weary and peace where there's conflict. It is our nature to want to see one more rainbow, one more sign 
to prove what we can only know by faith. When our faith fails us, Jesus has enough faith for us all. Jesus is our sign. Jesus is our rainbow. Amen.
let us pray. God of our covenant promise, we come into your presence as your children, as we have done throughout the centuries, in churches of all sizes, in chapels, in homes, in warehouses, and in lonely, isolated places. Whether we are alone or gathered with others, we are your church in worship, in prayer, and in praise. We give you thanks for our neighbors, friends, and those around us with whom we work and share our daily lives. We are grateful for the joys and blessings of family, and we pray for those who are lonely, those who are isolated, those who struggle to make friends or to feel accepted. Teach us to be good neighbors and true friends. In this season of repentance and healing, we are ever mindful of the needs of others. We pray this day for Brant, who had surgery on February 10th, for healing, for strength, for return home, and the ability to receive the follow-up treatment that is needed. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon him to eradicate the cancer, but hold gently his healthy cells, building up his strength. O oh Lord, surround his family with grace as they support him. We pray for Terry's cousin, Jeff, Janet's sister, Jennifer, and Jason's uncle, John, as they battle pancreatic cancer. You know their every need. We pray you would intervene on their behalf, working your miraculous power to bring glory to your name as you ease their pain. Strengthen them. Give wisdom and guidance to their medical team and display your power through their treatment and outcome. We pray for all who are going through various treatments for cancer. Karen's friend, Carolyn, Larry's sister, Sharon, Ruth Ann's brother, Gary, Joan and Harold's nephew. For Maggie and for myself, we pray for the medical teams for their treatments, that they will target the cancer. Pour out your spirit of healing and wholeness and wellness upon them. We pray for ease of pain for Dixie's spinal stenosis, for continued healing and strength as Mason Paul, the son of Caleb and Elena, grows and thrives. We lift up Wayne that he gains strength day by day, and we give thanks that Jim, uh, that Jim is out of his cast and mobile again. Give him patience, O oh Lord, to heal. We lift up those in the southern states, especially Texas, as they suffer through power outages, lack of warmth, and without water. Hear our prayers, O oh Lord. And Lord God, during this time of COVID crisis here at home and all across the world, we pray for those who are ill, those who care for the sick and dying, those who mourn. We pray for those who are unemployed and those undergoing economic hardship. We lift up our educators, our students, and our, pa and our parents who are under tremendous stress, and our government praying for your wisdom and your guidance to win over the day. 
We pray for those without homes and those soon to lose homes and transportation. We pray for the food insecure and the hungry. We cry out to you, and in our prayers, we ask for guidance that we may be the hands and feet of Jesus, keeping your covenant promise. God, as we walk through the potholes of life, take us by the hand, keep our feet steady and our vision on you. Keep us in your paths of love, mercy, and grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
send you out with this blessing. Now and always, may God of the rainbow and God of the cross fill your life with signs and wonders that convince you that God's love is upon you. May you forever be reminded each day in the eyes of your loved ones, in the eyes of the stranger, in the eyes of the neighbor, that we are here for each other to give God's love away. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with God's love. Amen.